Welcome to Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth, the podcast of Plymouth United Church of Christ. I am Pastor David, and on behalf of the members of this congregation, thank you very much for joining us. May God bless you through these words, and may you know God's love through them. Now, the podcast. The Gospel lesson today is from the Gospel of Matthew, the 18th chapter. If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you've redeemed them. But if you're not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen either to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. <coughs> I moved yesterday. Oh, I'm still in the process, and there's still lots of stuff over at the old place, and all the stuff at the new place, I don't know where it is, so that's why I'm wearing flip-flops today, because I couldn't find any other shoes. But I had help, because I moved without professional movers. This is the first, the last four times I've moved, I've had professional movers, and I've moved for work, and now I had friends, and Sometimes people brought people I didn't even know to help me move. I had quite a crew, at least they fizzled out during the day, but for the first couple of loads, boy, they were there, and they were awesome. And as I heard Barb Kleist read, um, Love Your Neighbor as Yourself this morning in this passage of sayings and teachings from Romans, I began thinking of all those neighbors, but particularly my next door neighbor whom I will be chokesing up I'm sad to leave them. They're probably the best neighbors I've ever had. And they were there yesterday, or the day before he moved, as Brad was out, had his trailer out, and he's banging on the um, on it trying to get it to open. Because the gate wouldn't open and close. So he, I thought he was shooting a gun, that's how loud I banged on And he's banging on the trailer and, and his wife hadn't told me whether or not they were able to help. She said, well, I'll talk about it. So I said, are you going somewhere this weekend? Get the, you know, I don't know, the four wheelers ready or something. She said, now my wife tells me I help my neighbor move. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. He was there. He was there for all three loads we took back and forth from the house. He put my, took my desk together up and put it, took my desk apart and put it back together. He tried to put my wooden file cabinets back together, and now that's a story. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone knows anything about furniture, let me know. Um, and he was there, and what a good neighbor. He's someone we do not agree politically. He, and, and he was sorry that I was not going to be there today for the Viking flag raising ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> By the American flag, and seasonally the Viking flag or sometimes the tea party flag. So you know that we're not necessarily <laughs> the most sympathetic And they're the best neighbors I've ever had. Aww. That's, to me, what there is about loving 
thy neighbor. And that's to me what there is also in this Matthew text about what happens with conflict. Because it's there's something about honoring the integrity of the person, even when there are differences, when there are differences of opinion, or when when someone sins against you. And by the way, the word there that's used for sins against you is like, if someone misses the mark with you, you know, so it's not like somebody kills you or whatever. It's just some, if someone's behavior misses the mark with you, talk to them. Well, you know, with Brad, because I love him, I, I kid him about the Viking flag. He says it's not missing the mark, it's, it's out, it's black. But in community, in relationship, Jesus is talking about the church here, but it can be any relationship. If someone misses the mark with you, go and talk to that person and tell them. How much better would life be if we were just in the habit of doing that? When I was the association minister, well over half of the work I did was on conflict in churches where rather than talk to the person who they were angry with, they talked to everybody else. You know how that goes, right? Maybe not in your church, but somewhere in your life that happens. You know, it's like, I, if I got a problem with Larry, it, I just, because I know Larry's name, <laughs> it's better if I talk to him than if I talk to everybody else and somehow I get back in them. What'd you do to Jenny? You know? It, it, it just doesn't work. I, I, I don't read a lot of the clergy blogs anymore because I'm really mostly retired. But every now and then a friend posts something on Facebook that I follow through. And there was a blog about by a pastor who was talking about anonymous letters. One day, because of something he was doing in a children's sermon that would have been too complicated and had to do with his, with his preacher robe on, he took his robe off. The next day, he got, the next week he got 30 anonymous letters complaining that he had dishonored the space by preaching without his robe. Had no idea of knowing who might have sent him. No idea at all. 30 people, rather than coming up and saying, whoa, you know, we don't like when you do that. It seems to diminish the space. And then allowing for a conversation about what, you know, what is it to be robed or not robed or whatever? Instead of allowing for that conversation, they just left their comment anonymously and went off feeling all smug about themselves and leaving him like, what do you do with that? Well, he did what you do with anonymous letters. He threw them away. Because that's what you do with anonymous letters. And in churches, people write anonymous letters because it over and over and over again. And, I keep, and the pastor takes them to heart. And I keep saying, throw them away. Because if you've got no name, there's nothing you can do to restore the relationship. It's the same thing with if a friend is in an argument with you or, or one of your kids or or someone you know, and you tell so-and-so, now, don't tell him I said this, but, and then that person will hear back, oh, I heard that you did, 
Who said that? Oh, I can't do it. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? Now, sometimes you go talk to the person and there's still no reconciliation, there's no remediation, there's no listening. And when you're in a community context like a church, what Jesus says next to you is take up with you. To serve as witnesses. To serve, to be able to say, this is how the conversation went. This is broadens out the he said, she said kind of response. They're, they're there saying, you know, I saw Joe say this, and I saw Henry say this, and that's what I heard, and this is what I saw in their faces, and and I understand that they may both have a point, or I, you know, I think so-and-so was wrong, or, or whatever. But, they, but there's a third or a thirty-fourth person there to bear witness. That's the second step if you can't resolve it yourself. And then he says the third step in church conflict, and I, I used to write this out for churches. third step is help the church. <coughs> Bring everybody in. If it's bad enough that it can't be resolved by direct conversation or direct or conversation with a witness, then it might be something to raise with the community. Now this is true whether, again, whether it's a church which is Jesus addresses or any organization you're part of. Say, we have a problem here. Let's talk about it. That's what we're really bad at doing in Wisconsin and Minnesota. But Wisconsin, that's where we live. Because we're so nice. You know? And a lot of Wisconsinites tend to be very conflict-averse. So they'll let things fester for a long time before they'll raise the issue. And they'll be unhappy, and then they'll leave rather than raise the issue or try to remediate. Um, they will work passive-aggressively in the group trying to get people to be on their side rather than address the issue. And I've there was a, a guy in, in one of my previous churches who excelled at that. He, he took it upon himself personally to drive out of office three masters in a row. Um, I don't know why. He loved me when I got hired there, and within eight, six months he was like, going to the council saying, we have to do it. And they said, no, but you've done this before. You can go. And that's the fourth part. If they don't stop the behavior, you might have to say, I'm sorry, this may not be the place for you. And it's okay to do that. Not everybody fits everywhere. We are an inclusive church. That doesn't mean that we are a church that is here to be abused. There's a difference. And that's the difference here, is you have a system, you have a way to faithfully look at and lift up and manage conflicts that are going to happen. And a procedure for what to do when they can't be resolved. And sometimes they can't. And the problem that we tend to have is we tend to think everything can be resolved so we just give in to the loudest voice and squeakiest wheel. We do this culturally. We do this in churches. We do this everywhere. Somebody's got a complaint. Everybody will go to 99 people may not have that complaint, but rather than have the noise, they'll all cave in to the one person. You've seen that happen, haven't you? And we say probably the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Well, sometimes you shouldn't fix the wheel. 
Sometimes it's got to save us. Because really what we're about in community is not being all like each other. Not agreeing on everything. Not voting the same or thinking the same always. Or not being in mind block with each other. But it's about loving each other. And allowing them to love us. And allowing ourselves to be faithful, honest, true, and have integrity. You want to be someplace where you're allowed to stand in the truth with integrity and you're allowing the other people to have their integrity as well. And when someone can't seem to allow that, there's not and boy, when you're a small membership church, all in, it's in all of Wisconsin, they'll do anything to hang on to every member. Sometimes you have to say goodbye. And you do so in love. Act in love. Paul says. All these rules, it's all about not murdering and not coveting, which is all part of love, actually. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Love does no wrong. Sometimes it's hard to know the difference between right and wrong. And that's why process of Jesus in Matthew comes in. They're brilliant texts. They're difficult texts. They're texts that make us want to say, but wait a minute, can't we just all get along? It would be great if we could. Because if we could all just get along, there would be no wars in the Middle East, there would be no wars. In Afghanistan, there would be no oncoming war. There would be no Jefferson, Missouri. There would be no big incidents of violence towards each other and hatred and, and all that if we could all just get along. But clearly, we can't all always just get along, which is normal because there's not conflict is just two ideas in the same place at the same time. What you do with them, that's important. It's what you do with them that matters. It's what you do. And that's what Jesus is saying. Do it with honesty and integrity and love. You'll have done your best. And if they can't do it, can't be resolved then it can't be resolved. Move on. He was not a sentimentalist. He was not. He, he was there to say, if they don't receive you, shake the, shake the shoe, dirt from your shoes and leave town. Leave it up behind you. you know? He was not a sentimentalist. And he was a man who brought hope 
Because when you bring people a way to deal with differences, you begin to bring hope. The thing is, you have hope. And the heart of how we follow it is the standard. This time together, when we share one loaf and drink from one cup and refuel and re-energize and reconstitute the body of Christ. This is his table. And this is where he says, settle your differences before you come. Come as people wanting to reconnect and then reconnect. And then come to the table and be fed. And that is the good news for this day and for all days. Thank you again for listening to the Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth podcast. If you are in the Eau Claire area, we especially invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. And I invite you also to check out our website at pcucc.com for upcoming events and special worship services. From Plymouth United Church of Christ, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, this is Pastor David. Thank you for spending this time with us. May God bless you.